This is Emily Wilkins, your host of The Evaluation. In this podcast, we are going to start a new book. I know it's been a while, guys. I've been giving you update episodes. I've been giving you um, homage. I've been giving you just random fun things like the Marine Corps birthday. We're going to start Alan Turing, The Enigma by Andrew Hodges. So, what took me so long? Because I talked about this probably four or five episodes ago, I think. What took me so long is I got back from England. I had the book. I started reading. As always, I jumped around. And in between all that, I watched a documentary about Mr. Turing on Timeline. I watched the movie called The Imitation Game. And I started to do a little background before I dived even deeper into the book. Um, What sparked this curiosity was I was in England and um, someone was giving us kind of like a walking tour and said, this is King's College, Cambridge. This is where Alan Turing, the father of computing, attended. And um, as some of you know, I am uh, going to school currently to learn computer programming and security. And so I lately have, uh, I'm not saying I wanted to give up, but I wasn't really sure if that's what I wanted to do. And because I'm not, I'm not a mathematician like Mr. Turing was. So before we dive in to the Enigma, um, which is the name of the book, I'm going to give you a little background on who is Alan Turing. I'll reference the book. Um, I'm, I pulled this information from the book from page five, six, and I think four, four, five, and six. This is where I got this information. So if you want to read it for yourself, by all means, uh, go to page four, five, and six, and you can uh, see this information. This book is roughly 520-ish pages, um, not including the preface. Um, I have the special edition, uh, the sanitary edition, which means 100 years, so I'm not really sure why he used that. But I don't know if it's just like the turn of the century, and that's maybe why he's using that, because this was originally released in uh, 1983. Um, But I'm just going to give you a little about who is Alan Turing. I'm also going to explain what the um, Enigma machine was. So Alan Turing was born on uh, the 23rd of June, 1912 in Paddington, which is in London. He has an older, an older brother, John. Um, his mother and his father were uh, English, I'm pretty sure. It doesn't actually say. I think they're just they're from the UK at the very least. And his father worked in India. Um, so they honeymooned in Yellowstone. They had John two years later. Then they have Alan in uh, 1912. And um, Mr. Turing makes the decision not to bring his sons to India. Because at that time... They're not. They're not flying to India. They're taking. Um, they're taking a. Uh, they're going to take a ship. So he decides not to. At some point, his wife decides to join him. And at this time, um, John and Alan end up going. This is on page six. They get farmed out um, to a retired army couple, Colonel and Mrs. Ward. Um, so they're not very rich. They have four daughters. Uh, they have another boarder, another boy boarder, and then they have Alan and his, uh, brother. And then at some point they take on 
the the three cousins of Alan and, and uh, John. So that's kind of a little bit of background. Um, think kind of like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. You know, the kids get sent off to this rich doctor who was prior army. And um, and you kind of see, you know, they're hiding underneath, you know, they're hiding under, they're hiding in bomb shelters. And that was the time, the time, the line, the witch in the wardrobe, um, Lewis uh, Carroll, Carl, um, you know, he was writing from that perspective of World War One, World War Two, English writing. Right. So it makes sense. Um, so what was the what what is the enigma? The enigma was the machine that um, encoded messages. It encrypted the messages of German um, U-boats and would send them these comms to German mainland and also France because at the time France was occupied. So um, Alan, because he was a mathematician, uh, very, very intelligent, decides to help the British government crack the Enigma. The Enigma, according to uh, the movie, because I haven't gotten that far in the book, I'm only 75 pages in on the book, I won't lie to you, but according to the movie, it had um, 159 million million possibilities, which is 159 and then 18 zeros after. Possibilities of encoding code. So, this was important. So, the reason why Cracking the Enigma was important because at this time the United States had, had not yet joined the war. Um, so what we, we would do to help, because we did want to help, but we didn't want to get involved. The American people were just coming out of the Depression. And uh, at that time, if you remember when I read Flyboys, right, we didn't want to get involved. We said, hell no. The American people were done with war. They, they were done with being broke. They were trying to, um, they were just trying to recover. So what happens is we instead decided, okay, um, what we'll do is we'll send food. So as we send food, um, well, the Germans, the German U-boats are taking down these food, uh, these food ships, these supply ships ships not shit sorry a shit is actually a, a chit is actually like a, a as a navy thing a shit is well you know what that is but anyway i joked i'm just kidding kind of um <laughs> so pearl harbor happens december 7th 1941 and oh we enter we enter the pacific war at this point like we are absolutely we're done um we're done. We are now part of the war. And so in between this time, though, we're trying to figure out how do we, um, how do we get supplies? I'm so sorry. How do we get supplies? And at this time, um, you know, we have, uh, President, um, Truman and President Roosevelt, I'm pretty sure at the time uh, it was it was Roosevelt who Roosevelt was our president at the at when Pearl Harbor and um, Truman came in almost at the very end. So 
Roosevelt wanted to help Churchill. And so his best way was giving supplies. And there's actually, there's, like I said, if you want to watch, there are great documentaries, uh, World War II in color. There's two different sets of them, both very good on Netflix if you want to know more about World War II. Um, but Alan Turing was not really political. And so I want to leave you all with actually uh, a quick preface uh, reading. And uh, the preface uh, to this this uh, edition, this special edition is what I'm going to call it, because I think it's weird calling it the century or sanitary edition because it was written in 1983, here nor there. So, on the 25th of May, 2011, the President of the United States, Barack Obama, speaking to Parliament of the United Kingdom, singled out Newton, Darwin, and Alan Turing as British contributors to science. Celebrity is an imperfect measure of the significance and uh, politicians do not confer scientific status, but Obama's choice signaled that public recognition of Alan Turing had attained a level very much higher than in 1983 when this book first appeared. Born in London on the 23rd of June 1912, Alan Turing might have lived to hear these words had he not taken his own life on the 7th of June, 1954. In that very different world, his name had gone unmentioned, and in legislative forms at the very least. Yet in the secret world, over which Eisenhower and Churchill still uh, reigned, in which the newly uh, reorganized NSA and G, uh, GCHQ were the holy of holies, their names to be whispered, Alan Turing had a unique place. He had been the chief backroom boy when American power overtook British uh in 1942, with a scientific role whose climax came on the 6th of June, 1944. Now, for reference here, NSA and GCHQ are counterparts. The National Security Agency, and I don't actually know what GCHQ stands for, but um, they're, they're counterparts. It'd be the equivalent of MI6 and CIA. Um, and f- another reference point, the 6th of June, 1944 is D-Day. So, um, just to repeat this sentence again, he had been the chief backroom boy when American power overtook British in 1942 with the scientific role whose climax came on the 6th of June, 1944, just 10 years before that early death. Alan Turing played a central part in world history, yet it would be misleading to betray his drama as a power play or as framed by the conventional political issues of the 20th century. He was not political, as defined by contemporary intellectuals revolving as they did around the alignment or non-alignment with the Communist Party. Some of his friends and colleagues were indeed party members, but that was not his, uh, his issue. Incidentally, it was equally hard to find money motivated, free enterprise, isolated since the 1980s playing any role in his story. Rather, it was individual freedom of mind, including a sexuality, which mattered. A question taken much more seriously in the post-1968 and even more in the post-1989 era. Beyond this, the global impact of pure science rises above all national boundaries, and the sheer timeliness of pure mathematicians transcends the limitations of his 20th century span. Math. Um, wow. Wow. As uh, one of his um, professors at Cambridge said, 317 is a prime number. 
Not because we want it to be, but because it just is. Um, I will end you with that. And for all my Americans, happy Thanksgiving. Um, remember, we have a long way to go. I don't think there is such thing as perfect. I don't think there ever will be, right? All we can do is continue to have the conversations. And I don't mean to be uh, uh, brash. Or, and, and obviously, I don't have enough followers to be canceled. But I don't think being... Um, I don't think being overly sensitive is the way. I think having true and real conversations about real racism, about real sexism, about real, um, these really hard topics that have, have transcended over the years. And what I can truly ask and what I will always ask for is to be um, judged not by the color of my skin, but the content of my character. And that was MLK. And um, to all of you, this is Emily Wilkins, the host of Evaluation, the New Age Book Club. And I hope you enjoy uh, the book. As always, go purchase it. Peace. Oh, and my friend Dom. So What You Saying podcast is back. At least I got two episodes, 171, 172. Go listen. Peace and happy Thanksgiving to all, even those that aren't American. Be thankful, be grateful, show some love. Later.
crazies. And it's like crazy to see the contrast. Not to say that Americans and other allied forces haven't done some horrific things. But it's just, it's a little wild. And it's, it, you know, it's what makes World War II such a fascinating dynamic is the levels. And I mean, you can just keep pulling back the layers of World War II. And I don't even, I mean, they're just, it's just insane to see the European war versus the Pacific. And what we were, you know, and that's Flyboys, we were down in the Pacific. Uh, And I didn't even, you know, I didn't even read, I, I haven't even scratched the surface on that front. But this book, yeah, just, I mean, hidden gems, things that I, I, I don't think I've ever heard or learned or uh, learned about before. So anyway, I digress. As always, uh, get the book. Um, get the book. You know, you can become a member of Books a Million, which I did recently because I want to keep the print alive. I like to touch a book. I like to take notes in my book. I like to highlight in my book. Um, I love books. I have several bookshelves. And... Books a Million. You can get anything that you can think of at Books a Million if it's if it's print related. Um, amazing bookstore, and you can buy stuff used, as well. Also, of course, Barnes and Noble, um, Amazon, uh, Goodwill. A lot of stuff that I buy on Amazon is actually usually if it's a used book, it's through Goodwill. Um, you looking for something light, funny? My homie Dom, they have been inconsistent as I have been, but always go check out what you so what you say in podcasts. It's funny. I think me and my friend Dom are gonna try to make a um, a music podcast. Don't know how regularly we will put that out, but for those that are looking for something different, I'll let you guys know more as I know more. Um, going down uh, to Louisiana in may so i'll let you guys know um yeah if you're looking for a fiction book um or a fiction series my favorite author james uh roland's just released uh kingdom of bones i have read every book in the sigma series i haven't read everything that he's uh, written because i'm not really a fan i tried reading he has this like weird um, vampire Catholic series that I'm not really a fan of, but I love the Sigma series and it's 16 books. Um, it's really good. Starts with a book called Sandstorm and then it just takes off from there. But, um, yeah, it's, it's fiction meets James Bond meets... You know, it's basically something science with some type of his uh, like historical, um, with some kind of like historical mystery that he solves through fiction that maybe has never been solved. But I mean, that's a great thing about him being a fictional writer. He f- he figures it out. You know, he makes something he he makes it up. But anyway, um, definitely. Yeah, please keep listening. Subscribe. Listen, I'm really sorry I've been gone. I will. I'm gonna shake back. I'm trying to get through Giles Milton's book before 
I start school back up. So that's the mission. And um, yeah, I'll catch you guys next time. This is Emily Hookins with the Evaluation, the New Age Book Club. Thank <music> you.